What is up, guys? How's it going? It has been way, way too long since I have seen any of you guys. And oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about, not only today, but going forward. We have a lot to talk about every Thursday night at this time for the foreseeable future. For those of you who do not know me, I am, of course, Rob Vallejos, Robert Vallejos, Rob, Rob's MV on Twitter. However you want to call me, that's fine with me. I know many of you. I'm seeing Zach. I'm seeing Tracy. I remember Zach from back in the day, back at the torch. If you have seen me in the pro wrestling space before, that is where you have seen me. Most of my pro wrestling content in the past has been over at pwtorch.com. But I did that relationship quite a while back. No ill will or anything like that. It was just time to move on. And since then, I have not produced content in this space. But when I get the message from my good, good friend, Zach Haydorn, about jumping on board with Brass Ring Media, there was no way in hell I was ever going to say no to that. So thank you for the welcome. What's up, Zach? What's up, Adam? What's up all you guys, man? Now let's talk about the show a little bit. We got plenty and plenty to get into. This is fun. As Zach said, we got to talk about a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff has gone down in the last three weeks in the world of pro wrestling. Now, there's no way we can get to all that. In fact, if you need more coverage on that, we're here for that. We just can't get to that right now. That's why you got to hit up on YouTube. You got two flagship shows. You got the spotlight show. You got all that stuff going on on YouTube. Or go ahead and check us out on Substack. And of course, if you really, really want to contribute, find us on Patreon. All the websites you're already on, just like you're right here on YouTube, using this social media, go ahead and check us out over there. So you can get caught up on what is quite frankly, too fast a pace right now in pro wrestling. No one. And I mean this very, very truthfully. No one can keep up. What's up, Sean? Long time, no talk. No one can keep up with what's going on. So we're going to do our best, but tonight we have quite a bit of breaking news because we just had a major news event in pro wrestling, literally. Like we can cover this journalistically because we had ourselves a press conference just a couple hours ago. So it's still fresh. The reactions are still coming in. We're going to go through some of the rundown of what went down at the presser. Obviously the main event is what everyone is talking about. The main event, both of the presser, which is the main event of WrestleMania and how that is affected. We have maybe some storyline progression there. And of course, with this story, with this main event of WrestleMania, it has to be meta. We have to talk about the backstage stuff. We have to talk about the reporting. It is, it's just part of what, what is this story? Whether this story was WWE pivoting because of the reaction that The Rock got, because of the reaction that you're seeing on social media, or if this has been the plan all along. It doesn't really matter because the backstage stuff is going to be prominent. Even in normal times, a major swerve, a switch to a WrestleMania storyline, that's huge news. That would be something we need to talk about for a really, really long time. But let's not forget everything we discussed tonight and everything we discuss going forward on WrestleMania. It's always going to be grounded in one thing. There is a big elephant in the room that's going to remain in the room at virtually all times. We know what that element that elephant is. 
The elephant is the Vince McMahon stuff. That stuff is, it's not going to go away. Like the adults are involved now. You have, you got feds involved. You have a lot of really powerful people and you don't have people in place to protect another powerful person. And in fact, Vince McMahon may finally find himself in a situation where being the most powerful man in the room is not very beneficial to him because he's actually not the most powerful man in any room he is in. But that really is a story for another day. That was a story that was covered really well last week. So we're not going to get into that too, too much. But just know that everything we're going to talk about is absolutely grounded in the Vince McMahon stuff. If there was a reason to make a diversion, it's because of the McMahon stuff. If there's a reason to create backstage scuttle and work the boys and work the sheets, it's because of the Vince stuff. Don't let that fool you. Now, do they have enough on their own? Absolutely. But obviously they needed something. What's up, Zach? I should have mentioned that. I'm talking about the plugs. I'm talking about where you can find us. And I'm talking about the chat. But of course, our favorite types of chats are super chats. Got one from our here, our boy, Zach. Let's see what Zach had to say. Kicking off the first ever super chat on the Nocturnal Knockout. That kickoff was a mess. 1.8 million people watched Cody give up his mania match with Roman. And they had Cody act like it never happened. I'm sorry. 1.8 million aren't just going to forget that. That is the key point. As we talk about this from a storyline perspective, Zach, and, and you're still in a bit of my thunder, but we're very much in the same lane and where I've been with this really since the beginning, there is intrigue in the backstage stuff, as I just said, and there's intrigue in how we got there or just who knew what, when, and when they did that. I think if there's anything we can say about the reporting on it, one thing that has been consistent is that people who weren't like the rock or necessarily triple H or the, you know, the big wigs with the parent company, they don't seem to have been clued in on anything. And we're just conducting business as, as usual. And a lot of that is sourced obviously from Sean Ross Sapp and Fightful's reporting, which I think is a, is a good piece of reporting to use on this because he is simply reporting again on, I wouldn't say secondary sources, but you know, the, these aren't, these aren't reports from, uh, from inside, inside of like, you know, the inner circle, so to speak. And I know that doesn't exist in the same way anymore, but I think what, what we have to, uh, what we have to keep in mind is that from a storyline perspective, as Zach said, this still makes no freaking sense. Friday night still makes no freaking sense. Whatever happened that evening, I, I kind of, I'm inclined to believe the original reporting that this was, you know, either an appeasement move for the rock or perhaps, you know, um, something that the rock did as a big footing move. I don't know. I don't claim to know. And outside of that initial reporting, we haven't got a whole lot pointed that way. The reporting since then has been more about the other people, about the people involved, like Cody, like Seth and, and, and everyone else involved. And that's the other elephant in the room before we, we talk about any of this. Two major stars were removed from this card. Very, very different reasons. One of them, one of them was on the presser tonight, and in my opinion, kind of a highlight of, of the thing, to be honest with you. But two stars were moved. It shouldn't affect this match and shouldn't have affected this match. Shout out to Conrad Thompson for pointing that out immediately. Um, but it did affect the build, and that build is still affected, as Zach says right there in his very prescient super chat. Zach says. Poor Seth looked like a completely insignificant afterthought. Boy, that is underlined completely in this storyline. 
to a point, I got it tonight, and I can understand. You, you got to you got to put them out there if you're gonna create the illusion of of what you're gonna do. Um, if you're gonna create the illusion that that it's just gonna be him and Cody, and that's the way you're gonna go, you have to have him presented out there. But in no way, shape, or form is WWE even hiding that this is not a a, a secondary belt, an insignificant thing. I mean, it's part of the storyline. It really is. They're they're working into it. Look at that promo that Roman gave last week on SmackDown, where he just completely, completely buried Seth and and the other title. I mean, let's be honest. In the future, if there's ever a scenario where like Roman still has the belt and he's going to be a belt collector, he might have kind of ruined his his match with Seth because he really made that belt seem very, very insignificant in that promo way back on Friday, and then tonight too. It's like that's the uh that's the thing about it was nobody wants to face Seth. That's kind of the takeaway, right? That's what we could just say about all this. Like nobody wants to face Seth. That is our big takeaway. He is like that title, it shouldn't say anything on the front, it shouldn't have anything on the plate. It just it should just say consolation prize because that's absolutely what it is, and it's being framed as such. Uh, there's nothing necessarily wrong with having a secondary title like that, but let's, why do we need to pretend that it's a main event title when it is, you know, kind of started out as really this attempt as some version of the IC. And even that, of course, has fallen flat with, uh, with Seth's, Seth's injuries, which was a great line in Roman's promo. As much as he did bury that title, I think that was a great line. Adam's getting in with the super shot, super chat. Excuse me. Appreciate that. Adam punk was great. And Becky had line of the night. Yeah, I was, I'm going to say something I don't generally say about WWE programming. Really, really liked the commentary tonight. Um, now, it, it had a lot of elements into it, in it because you had McAfee on commentary. Uh, you know, I'm, and I'm talking about you know when, when they're going back to the desk. You got McAfee on there who had Rock on his show earlier in the day. I didn't see that appearance, uh, so I don't have a lot to say about that. But perhaps here in a little bit, as we get past this opening stuff, we can go ahead and uh, and check out his appearance. The appearance that he apparently leaned into this hill thing he's doing with the with the Cody Crybabies, um, and and all of that, you know, the the way he has positioned himself in all of this. So you had that. You had Big E, who, by the way, if you need some goodwill, if you're a company in need of goodwill at this point, you should just uh, you should just go ahead and put Big E on a stage. Big E is important. Big E will get clapped. Like Big E. He's got to be boo-proof at this point. And he had a microphone in his hand. If we know one thing about Big E, he's very good with the microphone in his hand. So he had just jokes all night. Michael Cole, as we all know now, I mean, it's not even pretty much accepted, not, you know, accepted wisdom at this point that Michael Cole is simply a much better commentator now that he is free from the reins of a producer in your cans who's just screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming their head off. That is a good thing. And Michael Cole is better for it. CM Punk was on his game as well. Uh, this is what was great is um, I think the chemistry really worked with this kickoff panel because Biggie and Punk, as far as I know, I think I've, I know Biggie and Kofi are friends. I don't know necessarily if, if Biggie and Punk are friends, but I know he's always spoken well of like the new day and of that group. And we know Big E, as Aaron is, is intimating there in the chat. Big E can talk and Big E control. And the little the little jabs he was taking at Punk back and forth, 
there was a line later on though when punk made note uh, about fighting your boss there was there was a line that punk made, made note uh, about grown men need to fight when they have when they have differences there was plenty of uh that's a good question zach i i i, I assume he does I assume he does. Now, I don't want to be one of his friends. Um, I don't want to have to sue him or something like that. So I'm not going to be Punk's one of Punk's friends. Um, but I'm sure he's got some, Zach. I'm sure there's like somebody that knows him. Somebody, his, his friends. Yeah, Punk and Kofi are friends. Yeah, I mean, for years, as the story would go, even even after even after the walkout, when, they, when they'd go through, through Chicago, Kofi would, would still stay at Punk's house. Like, that's kind of... That's kind of what they would do. But so you had all that surrounding, um, surrounding the presser and it is, uh, <laughs> uh I got cut off there because I'm, I'm looking at the chat. Now I'm looking at the chat because that's what this show is guys. This is the nocturnal knockout. This is not the flagship. I hope our boy Zach Hadron is watching, but, uh, we kind of, it's nocturnal. We kind of hope Zach falls asleep. So we just, we we'll go off on our tangents, right? It's it's nighttime, and I can talk, as you can cl- hopefully can clearly tell. I can talk. I can talk without taking a breath. It's what I do. I do it all day long, but I don't want to talk all the time. You guys can talk, and you guys can contribute as you are. Um, a still though is it was what the pop was for. Exactly. A still is absolutely his friend. Like as bad of a friend as I don't know, Punk might have been to Cabana, or or however you want to to view that. Holy hell is Punk a good friend to Ace Steel. Like those guys are, are thick as thieves. So there there's a hell of a friend, Adam Pierce. It's you know, it is it, it is what it is. I mean, I'm sure Punk is not the most liked guy in the locker room. It doesn't mean like a guy like like Big E though can't can't needle him on those type of things and won't do so. And it's not like Punk is not gonna be self-deprecating uh when he does that. And that was kind of that was kind of the, the fun of, of CM Punk tonight is he's just uh, he's kind of, in my opinion, untouchable at this point because as much I won't, I don't want to say like, okay, he left the dysfunction of AEW to be in WWE. The last two weeks will clearly uh, poke a hole, any holes in that notion. If that's what, what you are thinking at the same time, like he's not connected to any of this stuff. And if anyone can even claim just like an absence, you know, at some point, Bruce Pritchard and Triple H and those that are fairly close to the top, there will be somewhat of a of a reckoning with them. Not to say that they are necessarily guilty of anything. So I'm not throwing that out there. And I wouldn't want to. I would have wanted to suggest such a thing. But those are the people that, you know, have a proximity of closeness. As you would say, top stars. And again, I'm not trying to slander anyone. I would I wouldn't want to do that, especially with uh, what's at stake in the Vince stuff. But if you can find someone that never had a good word to say about Vince, who kept their distance for about a decade, who you know only came back when he was out of power, CM Punk fits all of those bills. So all of it, CM Punk's bad behavior, which is bad behavior. I'm not trying to defend him on that, but all of that behavior gets a little washed out right now with some of the Vince stuff. Because really, like we're gonna we're gonna corral Punk's behavior when this is the other thing that we're dealing with. All right, guys. I got to step up for like one second to grab my drink. In the meantime, I want to know, what are you seeing at WrestleMania? What type 
of WrestleMania is this gonna be? Are we getting are we getting two nights? Are we getting a double main event from Roman and Rock and Roman and Cody? What are we getting? The commentary team seems to like feign confusion. That seems to be the conventional wisdom. Maybe, maybe not. Are we getting a special guest spot? What are we getting? Let me know in the chat before my house burns down. I gotta grab this tea. I'm back. Sorry about that. Timing is everything, guys. And thank you for sticking with me through that. Timing is everything in the WWE. Timing is everything in my kitchen. I forgot I had made tea to set. And then all of a sudden, the kettle started whistling at me. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But I got a live stream right here. I got a Zon. I got Adam. I got Zach. And I got to go get this, this tea over here. So timing is everything. Timing of this presser was important because that that is the other thing w let, let's not let's think about this for a second let's just throw this in the mix for a minute why did this press conference happen why did it happen just just kind of kind of chew on that for a minute and i think that'll help contextualize a lot of things let's see what we got here from zach if we're getting a main event rock ain't going second which means cody is losing again because we know i don't agree with that zach I, I I don't. Um I I just I don't see a way unless uh unless you're doing like a two year WrestleMania build or three year WrestleMania build, which the Rock has done. Ah, Azan, you you got you got what I was getting at. You got what I was getting at, exactly. Um I don't think unless it's a multi-year build, which I assume I assume this is a multi-year thing uh, with The Rock, but it's it's kind of hard to plan ahead with your top stars like a 51-year-old board of directors guy. But we got to deal with what we got to deal with. It, but it, if that's the case, I mean, if we're getting this double main event, I just, I do not see a scenario where Rock walks out of there with the title and Cody doesn't. You, I don't care how controversial of your booking is being. I, I, I don't care. I, I just don't care. You're not going to beat your Royal Rumble winner two years in a row in the main event of, of WrestleMania. Like, I, you're just not going to do that. Okay, and, and that's the same. The reason why this press conference happened, more than anything, was because you were in a spot where you had all of, basically, sports media and legitimate media um, gathered in very close proximity. It was kind of... It it was kind of a I, I I agree with that Zach. It was it was kind of one of those things where Pat McAfee made a comment where he was thanking everyone for for coming out to the show, which you know that's that's what a host would do, right? A host would would thank people for uh, for coming out to the show. So, so you get that, but he framed it in like there's a lot of stuff going on in Las Vegas this weekend, so we're glad you know like basically like there was a lot to compete for your competition dollar, so I'm glad you came. That is one way to frame it, 
or the same reason that like all this commerce pops up around WrestleMania, commerce pops up around the Super Bowl because that's where people are gathered. That's where attention is, not just from media, but as in the case of like a WrestleMania situation, but as in the case here with Super Bowl, it's a fly-in event. And and let's face it, this Super Bowl, specifically in Vegas, is a fly-in event. I, I know at least one uh, one person that is going to the Super Bowl that's not a fan of either team. They like going to Vegas. It's centrally located. So you got people in the area. It's not like Vegas is necessarily a cold town traditionally for WWE. They've done they've done pretty well in Vegas over the years. They've had some big shows in Vegas. The guy we keep talking about, CM Punk, has a very infamous moment in Vegas. So Vegas Super Bowl is a good location. It was a good time for them to do that. So I think there is um there's an argument to be made that if if some of that initial reporting by Dave and you, you kind of piece the Dave reporting with the Sean Ross reporting to get like this had basically kind of been in the works since the start of the year. Whether or not the main event has been changed, but if they knew basically it's big, so we got the rock, they were always gonna have to do something to juice this press conference. Now, again, I have to emphasize the Vince stuff plays into it. Um, and I think we can't discount that. If, if we run on all these conspiracy theories, we just cannot discount the elements of the Vince. So I know people don't necessarily want to talk about the Vince stuff anymore because it's, you know, it really brings us down and it doesn't feel good to just talk about regular wrestling stuff to talk about booking. But I think all of that plays into it because think if the... <sighs> So the Vince stuff never happens. Yes, and you, and you do this presser. Yes, you need you need the attention. But I think your main event could kind of um kind of kind of sell it generally. Like a WrestleMania press conference in the host, you know, in the host city around the Super Bowl, like you didn't necessarily need um to do that much work under normal circumstances. Now, these are not normal circumstances at all. Are they? No. This is basically the most chaotic time. The, no, in some ways, I think 93 in other ways is more chaotic, but this is one of the chaotic times. And certainly like the most uncertain time in the fact that like the guy who's been in charge or been around uh, is persona non grata in a way that will never even, you know, be mentioned around WWE other than in court filings ever again. So, Everyone says, well, the distraction, the distraction, the distraction. You kind of needed a distraction. Like, it worked. I know people have said, well, this isn't going to distract us from the Vince stuff. Well, no, it doesn't take, like, the heat off of Vince necessarily because I think as far as, like, everything I've seen in mainstream media covering this and mainstream sports media, anything, any coverage, any coverage you have, like, nobody cares about The Rock and Cody. You know, this is wrestling stuff to, like, people outside of the wrestling bubble. However, if you look in the wrestling bubble, there's still coverage of the Vince stuff, but pretty much like we can go down all these major wrestling site, YouTube channels, and it's a whole lot of wrestling content. It's a whole lot of WrestleMania main event content. The main event of WrestleMania is what wrestling sites move off of for like six months. And, and here we are. Let me catch up on some of these chats. Let me take a sip of my tea and let's see what we got going on here. Oh, they got tons of explaining to do Zach. Like, and that's why, from a storyline perspective, this still doesn't make sense. Like the Cody thing, because I I hate it. Like, are we are they going to frame it that Cody was just so dumb to realize that the fans would turn on him, or like that the Rock was so, like I I 
I think that is still the whole Cody thing is still the thing that just doesn't make any sense. And as Adam said, and that's, that's the thing with, with creative, like Cody can just say he changed his mind and, and you're absolutely right now. We, you know, as we're analyzing it, we're trying to do this big old thing and trying to create this you know, logical story. We're trying to make it survivor series, 1998. And he only dropped the people's elbow. Cause it didn't actually hurt that much. Like we can, we can try and want and, and maybe fan fiction, those things, but sometimes it can be an Occam's raising situation as Adam is saying. Um, let's see. It's take the heat off WWE, not Vince. And it takes the heat off of WWE. Yeah. And, and that's, that, that, that's kind of my point with it. It does because like, think of think about the discussions, think about all the discussions people are having, uh, Friday of the Royal Robo weekend. Like there's a lot of people wondering, I'm, am I still going to watch this? Am I going to, especially like for the rumble itself, like, right. It felt like weird. Once you got to the rumble, it was still okay. But you know, like that crowd reaction, I don't know how much that played into it, but it, eerie, like the whole thing had been, had been eerie. It was weird. And you know, there was all these discussions and all that. And it feels like that was still happening, even in the context of the rumble really until Friday. And then Friday, they, they, they changed the story. They absolutely effectively did that. But, and, and I think Azan's point it, it is especially relevant because they don't have to protect Vince anymore. This is not that same type of company. We're, we're in a different, a different landmine. We're in a different world here. Uh, I should say landmine. We're not in a different landmine. We're not on any landmines. We haven't stepped on any, uh, verbally. I've stepped on a few today, but that's okay. You know, who doesn't step on landmines like Zach Cator and Tyler Sage when they do the flagship show, go ahead and check them out on YouTube. You know, else is great is you can go ahead and check us out on Substack. Go ahead and type in. Go to a Brass Ring Media Substack. Just throw it into Google. Throw it into Google. I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to do that right now. Let's see here. I'm going to go into Brass Ring Media Substack. Brass Ring Media Substack. <laughs> you don't want to know, Sean. <laughs> I'll get, uh, I had to like move and stuff and it just threw me all the way. To hell. I'll explain where I was, you know, throughout, throughout the night and throughout the show. Thank you for, uh, thank you for asking. Yep. Right there. Let me pull it up and I don't believe I have screen share capabilities yet. We'll get that. We'll get that going in the future. But the first, the first comment or the first result on Google, regardless of where you live, brass ring media on Substack, right there. All kinds of stuff from Zach Taylor, exclusive stuff. You, all you got to do is subscribe. I'm going to subscribe right now. I realize I hadn't subscribed. I am doing a show for these guys right now. And I haven't subscribed, but just threw my email in there. Subscribe. Just like that. Internet working. Bam. And look at that. Well, look at all these tiers you can, uh, you can get. You get a monthly tier, five bucks annual for 30. Founding member for 240. Go ahead and hit that one. Or you could simply get the free tier and get some public posts. It's great. It's worth it. And it's good content. I know we're on X here, but that's not really where the discourse is. The discourse, discourse is, we got to pay a little bit for it. You got to get a little behind it. But this show, this show is free, but I absolutely appreciate the super chats. Um, there's a good back and forth, I think, in the chat between between Adam and Zach here um, about like, you know, what what can you do? Right. 
and as Zach, I think very astutely says, like, you kind of got to, you kind of got to explain this and you do, you do have to explain it. But as Adam is saying, it is also a TV show and you just can kind of undo it. Like when I think of what you're saying, Adam, and, and here's the thing, if you guys don't know me in my style, I, you, I reference obscure stuff. I, I, I like to, I like to make analogies to stuff. Um, there's a, but this is not something I don't think anyone will remember, but it, there is a pro wrestling tie-in. So let me, let me finish what I got and then I'll catch up with you guys in the chat. Cause I am loving the conversation. Let's keep the interaction going. Back in the day, uh, there was a show. Um, and if you're about my age, I'm in about my late thirties and you were a heterosexual male back in the late nineties. Um, uh, I gotta say Nikki Cox, if you remember her, she was, uh, Conrad Thompson would say. She was about as roll tight as, as you could get back in the day. She actually had a, a series of her own that her husband or love story or love guy in the thing was a pro wrestler. That was a pro wrestling tie in macho man and Kevin Nash run episodes. But anyway, I digress from that digression to tell you she was on this show called unhappily ever after it was all right, Sean, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it was, it was a great show. It really was. It was like, it was like knockoff. Mar it was like married with children, but like five years younger. Like it felt like married with children was what, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> good good job boys play nice <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that interaction is good that show though unhappily ever after it was just kind of like a married with children spinoff and it was even even had some of the uh uh yeah that's that's what I, that's what i mentioned unhappily ever after i loved it and it was even on like cw for like years after the fact anyway my whole point of that is they i think they they needed to kill off the mom or something like that or bring her back i don't remember what it is but they didn't really have a way to do it so before the before the curtains drew uh, they just brought out like one of the producers and said like, so-and-so is dead or something like that and just walked off. And that's how they explained it in storyline. Now I don't expect triple H. I, I don't think triple H is sitting in the creative meeting right now, you know, just sitting there, his nose getting in the way of the mic sitting in the ring. Uh, thinking about his rivalry with rock. Uh, wondering if he's going to skip the feds with his father-in-law. I don't think he's just going to go out there the next night and be like, uh, you know, coming out there and saying, um, we decided we screwed up. So Cody Rhodes is going to main event WrestleMania. I don't think that's what we're going to do, but I would like it if we did that. Let me catch up on the chat though. You guys, you guys are having some fun. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. The teddy bear. I forgot about the teddy bear. <laughs> the teddy bear was awesome. Right now. Was he real? Could everyone else see him? Or was it just like the drunk dad, uh, the, the, that sat there? I remember, but remember, because everyone else couldn't see him. I, it, it's it's kind of like you can almost say it's like it's like a hybrid between like Stewie Griffin and like the dog from Married with Children that would talk. Um, you know, so Zach brings me on here. We want to stay current, right? We got the nocturnal knockdown. We got newsworthy stuff tonight. Um, we got all that going, and here I am talking about an obscure two season show from like 1998. So stay current, stay classy, Zach. If you're watching, sorry. Hopefully the check clears. All right, guys. Let's uh let's read a little. There's not a ton of write-ups on the presser, so I am gonna source a little bit from SE Scoops. Uh, they have a little bit of a write-up on there on their site. So let's just go through some of it and keep the comments going. Uh, we'll talk about the the different little parts of it. My viewing of the presser was kind of in and out. So I had a, a kind of a weird viewing experience. So some of you guys are a little bit more grounded in the presser uh, than I, obviously I got the, I got the finer points in, but um, 
let's see here. Let's see how it's been covered just by just by wrestling media. And then we'll, we'll you know, we'll take a we'll take a gander. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to use words like gander so we can alienate even more in the audience. But after that, let's go through. We'll kind of go through like an Internet Explorer. And again, I don't have screen share capabilities quite yet, but we'll kind of see. We'll see what the takes are uh, are happening. We'll see. We'll see what's going on. Look at that on my watch. Just as I was uh, as I was talking to you that I got a notification. I got an email that I'm on the I'm on the list now for Brass Ring Media. Thank God I put myself on that list. As was said in the chat, it's a pretty good value. You should check it out. All right, let's see what SC Scoops has rolling for us here. Let me put a little cursor over there. Um, so let's see if they have any any bits of transcript. Like we, we obviously can't play the presser on here. Uh, so we'll, we'll sort of have to pick out... Uh, what we can and then we'll go from there but i put up the wrong screen on my screen so one man show folks get a producer it'll be good for you okay so the, you know they, they talk about the the way that the the entrances went right because it wasn't it wasn't cody coming out there to make the decision to the point to be honest with you i kind of forgot that this was Cody's choice as is being pointed out um, in the chat. Like, oh yeah, it is Cody's choice. It felt so much just through the build and through the discourse that had been going on. Didn't it feel like because we were, were kind of mixing the meta and the reality that we had almost lost track of the fact that it was Co it, in, in kayfabe is Cody's choice. And we didn't lose track of it completely because I think like someone like Zach would be very um, very astute as, as I mentioned earlier to, uh, I forgot the hell I was going to say with it. Zach, you made a really good point earlier that I was going to expand upon. And I just, I just did it. Um, something about choice. I'm sure it was a good point. We are not going to clip up that segment. All right. Let's. Uh, let's look into the uh, into the presser here. To to further underline the point of the afterthoughtness of Seth, of everyone in this main event fray, he's the first one that that came out there. So he kind of kind of kicked it off, and it's it's cool. You know, Seth's got kind of that high energy thing. Like at this point, I think Seth is really just an entrance, and not a whole lot else. Um, we assume he can go for WrestleMania, Seth. And I haven't, uh, I haven't dove deep into like my thoughts because uh, I haven't thought about it like completely because I don't really want to fantasy book WrestleMania yet because talk about a, a card that seems so unknown um, at this point. If there was ever a card that that sort of qualified for that, it would, it would be this card uh, for uh, for sure. So I'm not trying to make the prediction, but I assume there's some multi-person action going on uh, with Seth. You know him. Him and Drew and all these people, they, they keep kind of intersecting and being angry. Um, those are kind of the the extra characters. So so we'll see where we go um, from there. I know what match is not going to happen. We are not going to get Seth versus Roman, I think, like anytime soon. Okay. Seth came out after Bianca and really, Rhea, really, and Rhea had time to speak. Becky Lynch interrupted Ripley to make it known that she wants to face. Man, at Mommy at Mania. That's going to be awesome, by the way. 
Becky versus Rhea is uh, is gonna be is gonna be amazing if uh, if that's the way they go. Uh, Rollins didn't waste any time inviting Cody out. However, Roman Reigns, and that was what I was to say earlier, where I kind of lost my my thread about the uh, about the entrances. Uh, you had Roman Reigns coming out, and so they really played this up. They really, really leaned into it, right? With like Cody is such an afterthought that we're not even considering his uh, his choice. Yeah, Seth took a shot at Roman Roman for showing it to work for once. You know what? That's not a good take by Seth because. Roman's counter to that of like, yeah, but like my back didn't break, like trying to defend this title is pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, so the rock makes his presence known. You know, Roman says, you know, I choose the rock, blah, blah, blah. Suddenly the rock made his way out. To, you know, when the rock asked if we'll be the biggest in history. Yeah. that That's the thing. So all night um, and through, throughout the day and stuff, you've got the rock, not only, very much affecting, I wouldn't say affecting a full heel. Um, but the crowd is certainly reacting. The crowd has no use for the rock. Um, and this is different than other times that the rock has, uh, has been booed in, uh, in a few other scenarios, a boot, you know, outside of like the original die Rocky die. Um, but, but not too dissimilar. There, there have been moments. There have been moments since, since rock ascended, um that he had been been booed it hasn't been very many moments where they were simply seemingly looking for a straight up heel reaction uh the way they have tonight i think we go all the way back to maybe uh maybe hollywood rock um was the last time you know we saw him intentionally be booed even in the cena feud if you recall there was times where like i remember that was that was kind of the thing that they were they were kind of playing with it like hey one week Rock was kind of a little more heelish and Cena with, but I always felt for that Cena kind of went heel for the program. He just kind of became a babyface out of it through the meta stuff. Uh, but that's the thing, like, like people have been annoyed with the Rock uh, over the over the years. Like people do generally get annoyed with the Rock, and then he like goes away and either stays gone long enough or or whatever, and you know he kind of gets the 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 pop and comes back. This this group, and I think we, what we've seen, um, yeah, that, that's a good that's a good point. Um, what what we've seen is like these crowds, these crowds are going to go to live events, which aren't that vocal anymore, guys. These are not these are not the uh, the twenty fourteen crowds. The different makeup of people. We're all older. I didn't used to have gray in this thing back in twenty fourteen. Right, that was that was just a that was just a different time period all the way around we don't necessarily have the hijack the uh the arena stuff like that you know that goes all the way back to the 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 raw after the last time rock kind of pissed people off back uh in uh, in 2013 with his uh with his match against rock the really boring second one that he had uh in met life and all that that went down the next day with the fandango and uh and all that. I I, th I think there's there's something to that. Zach, let me catch up a little bit on the chat. I didn't hit the I didn't hit the new button, so I missed a few of them. So let me just uh, let me just uh, oh, you guys are putting in a whole bunch. Of, my apologies. I am, I missed all of this in the chat. I even missed Sean. You can put up a super chat, and I completely missed that first night, guys. First night. Okay. Sorry. Okay. 
There we go. There we go. Now our comments are. Okay. Drunk dad always saw nobody else. Okay. I, I had to sort of, uh, like, are you calling me the drunk dad? I was so confused about that. Um, and I, I didn't mean to put your comment up there, Zach, but it just says, ouch, Adam. And I just think that's a funny comment to be out there. We'll, we'll take it down now. But that was just a funny comment to put on there. Again, Sean, thank you so much for the 199 super chat. We appreciate that. We appreciate guys. We like the super chats. Those are our favorite chats, but all the chats are good because else I, I just be talking to a wall, man. And uh, I am way too crazy to also be talking to a wall. The slap looked weak. Yeah. You know what, Adam, the slap did look weak. It's hard to do good slaps in pro wrestling without like killing the other guy. So I get it. <laughs> I get it. Not a fan of slaps anyway, especially with men. You know what? Though, Sean, I know what you're saying, but there's something very, like, I've always, like, I, I like, and you know me, I'm kind of an MMA guy um, as well, and maybe we'll talk about that a little later. I like the disrespect of a slap as, as like, a move, like, in pro wrestling or in MMA. There's, there's a really cool just, you know, there's something about, like, slapping the dude that I think is very disrespectful and very insulting to the person that receives it. Um, so that's why I kind of like that. And if that's where they're going and then they, they very much are, um, doing this thing of a minimization of Cody, I think, I think very, very intentional. We can say at least at this point, the only thing I wish they could do, uh, showcase Bailey. And yeah, I was a little shocked that that was in part, cause that's a really big part of the, of the build, uh, to, to this year's show. If we don't get a double main event though, uh, I guess I mean, double main event of, of a rock Cody Roman sort of scenario. I'm kind of thinking the the women just feel a little bit hotter that they should maybe get one night of mid event this year. And that kind of helps. Yes. It kind of buries the Seth title, but we're already doing that. Like that's kind of, that's kind of what they do. Um, Bailey, you underrated match. Bailey can get heat back up. Yeah. I was just immediately a, like, not really a fan of that segment on Friday, but just like in this direction, just generally, uh, Jackson. So kind of know something that Jack's a champion. Yes, yes, yes. Honestly, I'll be happy if Becky beats Rhea. That's my mania mode. That would be pretty awesome. Um, you know, Becky is the Becky's the other one in the company that you like, you know, people to get over, people who've been organically over since like, you talk about guys like Daniel Bryan and that the, the other one you talk about where Cody Cody got to. The other one is they were gonna mention that is Becky to get that mega um undeniable star. Another person that you know they're probably they're playing off of that scenario in some ways to give us this do not give us a triple threat do not do not under any circumstances paul levesque make it cody versus the rock versus roman in the biggest triple threat match if there is if this ego stuff by the rock could be validated i think that's that's an area that you that you could you know validate if he insisted on being a part of a triple h i a uh, triple threat i was seeing i want to say it was a steven larson show shout out to them they got a pretty good uh, live stream that they uh, they have pretty good wrestling news and and they were uh, they were they were making some of these analogies and some of these references to to you know the way you you change up some of these main events and uh, and what you put in them and it's usually like pretty ridiculous but I don't know if anyone and we're, we're talking about someone as as quite as weird as this one but the the context of where we're at just just has to stay just has to stay. 
Don't feed Zach's ego. That was that was from which Zach are we talking about here, though? I got I got plenty of Zach's I need to feed the ego of. I have Zach in the chat, and I got Zach the boss. And right now, my job is to make both of them happy. Uh, his wife got more shine than him. Uh, yeah, that'll happen. That'll happen though when your wife is also the man. Get this stuff her. Seth loses. Seth's shoes were really awful. You know, I'm I'm over like criticizing Seth's fashion. I think I'm in on it. I just think I don't understand it, so it must be cool. I mean, I'm the guy with a college basketball hat and a Metallica t-shirt on constantly. So who am I to criticize anyone else? All the star style power. I I I want to highlight that comment um just a little bit. I think it's a good one. All the star power in WWE now makes Seth less and less each day. I yes. Um and I get what you're saying though, too, because it's like I, I always think like people were very critical of Seth in like the era where I think people that would have been like Torch and, and Observer people really loved him. You like that 2015 era right before the injury, but even then kind of like wanting him to be the guy to be like the to have like the Daniel Bryan thing to him, you know, that was kind of in the air, maybe him and not Roman. Um, and this and that, but I remember at the time, all the old timers, like a guy like Steve Austin, were very critical that the guy didn't have a character. He didn't have all that. And I think Seth has found all that with his character, but there is always going to be something that even though he is like a top guy, not in the level that rock Roman or Cody are for sure, but you know, upper, upper tier, upper tier guy, but he doesn't always stand out. And he, sorry, as I adjust there, can't expose the hairline. I'm looking at a mirrored image there, so I'm turning it the wrong way. I'm trying to look like Eddie Kingston there with my hat. There, straight line. Okay. It was about Cody. They booed The Rock pretty hard. They did. The crowd took that whole first part of the final part over. It made it kind of clunky. But, I, you know, I, don't, I liked that. I want to I highlight that one, too. I really, really did like that about it. Like, I know the... I don't think the commentator... I think the commentators were doing it purposely, but, like confusion should happen it's always that's been a problem with wwe for years and i think when when moxley did some of those podcasts post wwe he he mentioned how you know you can't make a mistake in your promo you got to reshoot you can't do all that stuff and it's like that's just not real life that's not that's not sports that's not anything we do we're, wa we're walking around with these things in our hands and we're catching imperfect moments just, just all the time all the time he was booed against punk doing their food yeah he was but i don't he was not booed out of the building he received booze. Um, and Punk had a funny line about that. Like, hey, where was all this support in 2013? Uh, which I, I think kind of speaks to, to what you're saying. It wasn't, remember 2013 too. We're a little bur burned out, but Punk's title reign had been going on for like a year as well. It's not necessarily, and no one, but, but no one wanted rock for Cena too also. Uh, so there's, there's a counter to that. Those fans are watching AEW. You were referring to the uh, the passionate. Definitely not an AEW type of crowd at WWE. No, they're not. I and mean, I went to a house show about a year ago. And our house shows have always been different, but even that house show was like, I was stunned. Like that was the moment when I realized like, oh, this is, this is different now. This is different. Uh, these crowds post pandemic want to go to these shows and, and yeah, the AEW factor plays into it. I think, I don't know about you guys, but I actually, part of my even sort of withdrawing from wrestling, I felt a little bit less of the, uh, the hardcore fans are still there, but I don't know, man, a lot's gone down. We got a lot of stuff to do just different and i think people people with their entertainment dollars spend them a little more prudently uh post pandemic now that we know this all could kind of go away from us uh we go to a lot of stuff but we really go to the stuff we want to go to so why, why am i gonna waste the time going to a wrestling show where i hate the thing 
because there's always a difference. There's like those who went with the fun of the booing. And I think those are the ones that like WWE will always glom onto and be like, that's why we did it. And then there's, there's like the other side of it. Stephanie would have said, <laughs> Stephanie would have concussed Cody. Stephanie would have slapped the, I don't know what we can say language wise. So I'm just going to, but you can, uh, that, you know what? That might win like free. We, we should do free comment of the night on this. And Stephanie would have slapped it. Ah, uh, Stephanie. Stephanie holds all the cards, doesn't she? She really does. Like, if anything ever wants to get broken open or the whole events timeline, still married to the guy running the company, still the daughter of the guy that's in disgrace, resigned to bring him back. There's Stephanie holds so much power. Power slap. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Shout out to Rick Monty, wherever you are. Haven't talked to you in a couple months. Uh, if I can, guys, maybe you guys can hit us up. Uh, hit up Zach on Twitter. Hashtag bring back Rick or bring in Rick. Let's create a campaign. Let's create the Rick movement. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to reach out to him. You guys got to create that momentum. Uh, but power slap uh, is a very important part of society. It really is. Becky is the goat. No, agreed. Zach, Zach. WWE does multi man. They really just do. And like, I, I think I remember when I was a kid and they did them a lot back then, but they felt fun and they don't feel fun now. They feel like, like, I don't have like the anti triple threat. Like, I don't know triple threat, but if it's a big match, you don't do a triple threat. Sometimes a triple threat is necessary. And sometimes a triple threat's what makes sense. Generally, though, when it's a crutch to something, like, again, if it's TNA and it's 2005 and it's Christopher Daniel, Samoa Joe, and AG Style, yeah, makes sense. AG Style or Styles, either one. Seth should have been a, a huge star when he came back from the knee, but they fumbled the hell out of it. And he, they really did. I also think that was, that was tied into a lot of what... Go back and check out... Um, I, I really do employ you. Check out Zach's spotlight a, like a couple of days ago or maybe yesterday on Roman Reigns. He really took us back to that that era, that 2016 era. Remember Seth's return? Like It was the save us Seth. Remember Seth? Seth beats Roman in his first night back, and then you know Dean gets the title because Roman got suspended. That also played into it too that there wasn't the foil of him uh, to play off of. But he came back as just sort of the same guy without really any rehab uh, to anything, and then they never explained his fallout. They've never explained any of that. Um, and also, he just wasn't quite this. It took him a few years to become what was it like uh, the New Orleans WrestleMania where he was back to being like this hat is driving me crazy. He was back to being like the There, there we go. It was back to being like the uh, the knockoff Kenny Omega in WWE. And then eventually, the thing about Seth is anytime you give Seth the ball, it tends to not go well. But then fans always want him to have the ball at those times. Um, gosh, Adam Wade harped on that for years. He's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know. The ratings. Ah, the ratings. You know what we will not have on this show? But... I need to clarify. We will not have a ton of ratings talk. So here's the thing. I think ratings talk matters. I think ratings, yeah, they're not like the biggest thing in the world, but they are a stat and they are an indicator and they are useful. And decisions clearly, even in more recent years, are made off of them. I just don't ever need to hear another ratings analysis ever again. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good on that. Again, I don't begrudge people for covering. I think they're part of the coverage of pro wrestling. I'm just good with him. The last good trick. Seth Brock and Cena at Rumble 40. That was that was a great triple threat. Uh that really that really was. And that was similar situation here where we're trying to just uh and that was Rumble 15 though. 
actually to, to kind of correct you, Adam. Uh, because that was that was the that was leading into WrestleMania 32, which in my opinion is uh more of the analog if they didn't put Cody in this main event, that would be the analog more so than like this fake WrestleMania 30 they're trying to create. AW did a bunch of random forward does a random forward front of ways all the time. Yeah. Um AW just kind of sometimes makes the mistake of not building matches, period. So it's 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 the four ways and it's just kind of what they do. Uh when Seth came back. They did, but then it kind of died, right? Because that's not really what people wanted to see. They wanted to see Roman. Reigns always changing too much to me. I don't know much as the Gun- the Gunther triple threat was pretty good. Yeah, no, and and there and there is good triple threat. Like like I don't love the one with like Vengeance O two, right? Is it Rock? Of course, uh, Rock Angle and uh, an Undertaker, and they're just they're just hitting they're just hitting the finishers. They're hitting each other's finishers over and over and over again, and uh, it's it's a little spammy. That's a very important thing, Zach. Let's let's highlight that. Very important. Sting's retirement is something else, man. It is something else. I don't I don't know if we've ever done another end of career uh quite quite like Sting's. And it's it's funny where it's happening and the context of it, it's uh, it's all there. Okay, guys. Let's uh, uh let's do a little Let's explore a couple of things. I want to, I want to think about what I want to think about WrestleMania main events generally. And in order to kind of guide me here, I have a few notes right now, but I'm going to pull up the Wikipedia page for some, I'm going to pull up WrestleMania seven. Just for some context, just to ground me in what I'm going to say. Now, WrestleMania 7 is a very, very infamous WrestleMania for a couple of reasons. There's two like major narratives, I would say, that constantly come out of this show. It is the WWE narrative, the initial narrative that uh, the heat... For Sergeant Slaughter, the Iraqi defector, right? He turned his back on the country. Americans were lazy. I kind of kind of into this hill that he was running here, right? And uh, you know, they couldn't they couldn't exactly burn the American flag, but they they burned the Hulkamania flag, right? Um, and because the heat was too much and Hogan's gonna get shot, right? So they gotta bring this thing inside. That's not exactly what happened. What happened was, is that match, as you guys were were mentioning, that match didn't sell out the LA Coliseum. No, that's that's what happened. Uh, so they moved it to the LA uh, Sports Arena, where they could present, you know, a full WrestleMania crowd. I do believe '91, though. And you're saying Hogan was over. I do believe '91 is the first year of post Hogan, basically. Once you know. I, I view it as, you know, it, it is kind of like Roman in some ways where it's like they tried to quit him, right? You you have him, you have so many, so many WrestleManias in a row. Even 
even even you know similar to the rock even in wrestlemania 4 where he's not in the match in the main event he still faces andre the giant and has all the consequence in that uh that main event yeah Azan, that's that's absolutely the other fond memory i think that people have um of of that show but you know you 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 have the whole warrior thing going down at six, you got the Savage Hogan match at five. You got the the Warrior thing happening at six, which is essentially the torch passing, except for you know no one cares about Warrior immediately, and Hogan is still with his handshake and his magnanimity. He's turning Edge, Adam Copeland, into a fan forever. But that's how things happen. Everything's just kind of cooled off in '91. Uh, people don't always talk about that. You didn't really have a you didn't have a main event for that match you know get everything that went down with war you don't have you don't have that thing carrying the show so you gotta have to you gotta have to make a heel basically you had to make an opponent for hogan now very much different than you know wrestlemania 2 uh with bundy but that's that's when the company you, you still you you see a bit of decline you see even you know you see things aren't looking aren't looking great and as you guys have all mentioned in the chat that match was that match was awful yeah no liz savage is great and that whole the whole moment is the, the whole, the whole lead up to that too, where he's getting like kicked in the head by Sherry. Like you feel so much sympathy uh, for macho. And then, uh, and then, and then Liz comes out and, and makes it old better. Yeah, Sean, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. And that's kind of, that's kind of where I was going, but let's fast forward to eight. Eight is another infamous WrestleMania. And that's what we're talking about. Some of these infamous WrestleManias and the way some of these, some of these builds were, were affected and, 92 stuff is stuff is really coming apart at the seams, but 92, you might, you might think there's some, there's some analogies to be made right to, to this current year in 92, there was an assumed main event. It was, I agree on that on WrestleMania five. So I think underrated too, that that match was great. No one ever talks about that. That match was really, really good. Um, and actually I think the match at six isn't terrible. Like shout out to Hogan for having to explain stuff to warrior mid match. Um, but there's that, but so 92, you know, 92, it's weird, right? You're in, uh, you're in, in you're in Indiana. You're going back, right? You're going to go back to the stadium. Um, this time you're doing it in Indiana and, and you sell well, but your main event that we're talking about doesn't happen even though it is initially announced right they announce it actually at a press conference i right and that's the that's the that press conference uh that press conference is amazing because it's all like the potential contenders right and hogan's there who knows what's in his bloodstream brother and the and the sweat right it's just it's just coming down and like undertaker is there with like his dead his his dog around the thing right all the and yeah it's gonna be hogan and flair it's gonna be hogan and flair right biggest match of all time right and uh i don't know i i know wade keller would tell the story about him getting on the uh getting on the plane to go see the first house show match they had and they said that the match really wasn't getting over at the house shows and maybe that it wasn't drawing i i don't believe any of that i don't know what's been said i gotta believe that they wanted flair to retain his title in that match and uh that didn't work for me brother is probably how that went down. Again, it's been intimated before. We don't know, but I think uh, I think we can we can say that a little bit. But you do have, um, <laughs> but you also have the mistime stuff in the main event too, Sean. So that happened. That happened as well. You had a switch. It flipped to Savage and Hogan, 
for the title. But that was that was a progenitor of the CM Punk reign. That was for the title, but that was it was it was a mid card, like literally. Even though that was the important, that was the great food. I, the photos of uh, of Elizabeth uh, talk about a talk about a storyline we can't run ever again, right? Uh, especially in the current context, I have blackmail photos of your wife. <laughs> it's somewhere a young Vince Russo was watching that, and he was like, "Someday, bro." I'm going to throw her in some pudding, bro, on thunder, bro. Rest in peace to rest in peace to a lot of people. And well, no, three of the, did I just kill off most of the main event? No, I didn't. Rest in peace to Savage. Rest in peace to Liz. Uh, Russo still with us. The main event gets changed though. It gets changed. And then the main event is kind of like if there was a rock, that, that's, that's disrespectful to, I think, Rock and Roman, maybe to say that like Sid versus Hogan is, but it was a big match. Sid was over, yeah, softball Sid, right? Yeah, people always wanted Sid to come in. See, I, I don't know who the modern maybe I think like Braun Strowman would have stayed over with like the smarky crowd. Maybe that would be like the analogy for just like Sid kind of stayed over and Sid never really contributed much to is like I think he. He's the benchmark for bad champions, not Kevin Nash. Brian Zane, can you make a video on that? Like, who was that? Was it Sid or was it Ke- it's like like Kevin Nash gets slandered as being the lowest drop uh, drawing champion ever? And I love that because he's also like one of the best paid guys in wrestling history to also be the lowest drawing champion ever. Um, I love that about Kevin Nash. But Sid is like if we're gonna if we're gonna do if we're gonna do this. If we're going to do this on, on a spectrum, right? And let's, let's see. Sid, who, who do we compare Sid to? Sid is Jinder Mahal. If, it, if let, let's do a thing. We don't even bring Hogan into it. We don't even rock. Jinder Mahal and Roman Reigns, right? If that's our spectrum, WWE champions. Sid is much more Ginger Bahal. Kevin Nash would be much more Roman Reigns. That is a great analogy in the chat, by the way. Sid is a terrible champion. <laughs> Sid, Sid, they, they went with Sid as champion. That's Sid beating Shawn Michaels. Getting cheered, by the way, but God, that's crazy. Oh, that leg injury is brutal. And then I don't know why all of us guys, like when YouTube came out, why did we all have to go watch that? Over and over and over and over. I don't know why we all had to watch that, but we did. But I think Sean hit the nail on the head. The Randy Orton analogy, I think, is, is really good. It's it's kind of similar. Like Randy Orton's cool because he's like a cool old guy. Uh good point, Zach. Sid is just kind of cool. But even like when Sid came back, was it like Raw 20 or Raw 25? Right. And he everyone was beating up Heath Slater. Like even then, Sid was kind of cool, right? Didn't Sid, Sid has an ECW run, doesn't he? Am I making that up? Is that a Mandela effect? Can one of you guys in the chat tell me? But I'm pretty positive. Um, yeah. I like that I've I've stoked a conversation about Sid versus Jinder. I'm really more referring to them as champion. Is Jinder a better worker than Sid? I don't know. But yeah, I'm getting a text from the boss. 
So, so far we're good. He hasn't fired me. Thank you, Zach. Go to bed, Zach, so we can talk about some other stuff that you won't know about. Yeah, I want. I want to say Sid did a, and I want to say they popped pretty big for Sid. Oh, if we do have a debate now about who the better worker is, let's see. You know what? This needs to play out in front of you guys. This is a moment of tribute right here. This is my favorite one, though. My favorite one is Sean. No. No. <laughs> I'm supposed to make this grand point about WrestleMania is that we got to do some Sid conversation. Nocturnal knockout, folks. That's why the show is free. That's why we can't charge you for this. This is what we're going to be talking about. All right. But that's WrestleMania 8. Now. <laughs> That's to be this before I move on to WrestleMania 9, which Sid was not in the main event at WrestleMania 9. Um, Sid wasn't with the company anymore, was he? Like, didn't did Sid leave that like SummerSlam that same year? Jeez, jeez. Okay, so enough on Sid. WrestleMania 9 is the other one that I think people are really, really bringing up in relationship to this show. Now, WrestleMania 9 in Vegas. In Vegas. Uh, WrestleMania 9 is insane. It makes no sense. Now, we all remember like the main event. Everyone talks about how dumb the main event is, right? Hogan, one of, one of the great Hogan political jobs of all time, right? But I, I actually have a little bit of empathy for Hogan in this. I actually put that one um, a little bit more on Vince. I don't know that as on the, on the more current stuff. I really, I can't answer that because I assume it's internal friction and I assume Jay plays into it. I just don't know how, like to me, if they have a really good story, I'm, I'm kind of willing, uh, I, I'm kind of willing to, to check it out. Uh, Hogan to screw over the bloodline brother. Oh, I think, Hogan is definitely probably claimed to be Samoan at one point, right? <laughs> uh, okay. So a few things on WrestleMania nine. First off, before we get into anything about the booking, I never, ever want it to be true that Hogan had a jet ski accident, right? Isn't that where a water sports accident, something like that. Yoko was part of the, that's true. That is very true. There's the tie-in in Vegas. Hmm. Hmm. He did win that for the island of Samoa of Japan. He did win that title for him. Yeah, so... Ho yes, Zach, you know what? You're getting... That comment's getting highlighted. That I want... I don't care if it's not true. Dude, okay. I, I hear it. We live in a post-true society. And what is my truth, bro? And what is your truth, bro? Postmodernism. Isn't it great? Isn't it great? What is the truth? I don't care if... You know what? Supposedly the thing went up and hit Hogan in the face, right? And maybe, according to Hogan, brother, put the main event in jeopardy, right? 
Never mind the fact that like Brutus the Barber Beatcake already had all his massive water sport injuries. I just want to think that uh, Savage punched Hogan, which I mean, at that point, I believe I believe Hogan and Liz are separated or they're very close to. Um, there's no way you're trusting Hogan around your girl. I don't think that's slander. Don't sue me, Hulkster. Come on the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's follow up Zach's comment. Let's follow Zach up. <laughs> Another reading of Macho. He, he might have punched Hogan that one time. Savage wasn't a punk. <laughs> Savage is great. Savage is a class act. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, I want that to be true. So we go. We like that. But the, so Hogan is coming in there. Old magnanimous, right? He's he's doing it with 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 brother Brutai right there, right? They're gonna go in. Allegations are gonna be made about them by Linda later. <laughs> right? They're, another thing I hope is true. They're gonna go in, and they're you know. I, I was gonna say they're facing Bray's dad, but we won't make that joke um, unfortunately now. But you know, the IRS and DiBiase, that's that's the big Hogan match um, on this thing, right? But Brett versus Yoko, as you said, the bloodline. Actually, actually, The Rock is Canadian. Just saying. I don't know. Just go ahead and read into that. See, if I was like Meltzer, I would make a little comment like that and someone would take that as reporting. <laughs> There's a comparison. Let's, you know what, Zach, you are, I think you're our commenter of the night. With Edla's. <laughs> but you know what? Like, shout out to Ginger. He does not have the political abilities of simply just being friends with Hulk Hogan that that Ginger has. My favorite part about Brutus is hearing Eric Bischoff talk about his just disdain for Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Um, there's a lot of things, a lot of criticism for Eric Bischoff for his time in wrestling, his time out of wrestling. Uh, I've been checking out his show though lately uh, with Conrad, and it's gotten a little bit better than what i think the original 83 we like the the breaking down wcw stuff uh he would just lie and mislead or forget or whatever um as conrad guests tend to do but his hatred <laughs> for brutus the barber beefcake that's amazing so you had that you got the main event and brett you know we all know the story brett doesn't win the salt in the eyes and by the way, that moment, that was in like the official Hogan Titan Tron for like years, like years after Hogan left and came back uh, from the company. Hogan, Zach, Hogan is your answer. Hogan really likes Ed Leslie. Um, I, I think at this point though, dude, I, yeah, Hogan is, Hogan is the man for, uh, for, for Ed Leslie. So Hogan comes in and just wins the title. <laughs> like 90 seconds. <laughs> uh, they build a Yoko strong for that win. And it's like, you know, and that's the thing that, oh, he, you know, he, he couldn't do it. Now, why the hell did any of that happen? Um, it was, you know, Hogan and his politicking and all that. And and the thing that we, that, that always gets told is there, there was going to be the return match. And that, that was actually the, the huge issue, right? That's what turned into the huge issue between Brett and Hogan. It was that it wasn't so much of what was going to happen at WrestleMania that there wouldn't be like a return match to to lose to him or or um, or all of that, right? But I always will say, at least Hogan in all of his comments and like Hogan's comments, right? Whole YouTube videos, there's whole 
whole sections about Hogan and his lies. But the one thing he says kind of very lawyery and makes me think maybe it's true is that he always says when he had the conflicts with Brett that he told Brett, did I ever tell you I was putting you over? You know, saying that that was Vince. And, and there, there's, you know, the rumors that maybe Vince was trying to mess with them to build actual heat for their match. I don't know. The point is, stuff was changing. Now, I say all that to foreground what was happening in April of 1993. Do you remember? Well, there's a reason why Brett was champion. Team Brett. <laughs> the reason why Brett was champion was because that was the other time that the feds were looking into WWE, right? Uh, they're in complete chaos at this point. It's it's later in 93. Like, stuff's already going down at this point. That's really Hogan's last thing. This, this is Hogan uh, looking looking weird in, like, WrestleMania 9. He does that one Raw where he sits down and he's like, he's big, but he's flat. It's it's weird. He's I think he would admit it. They were trying to trying to kill them off the gas, right? So Brett is Brett's the champion um going in, but it's kind of one of those things like it's um it, it happened for these reasons and he was never really chosen to be that. Now, talk about Conrad and his guest infamously um why did that have to happen? There really was never a good reason, especially if there was never a return on it. Um, the way it went down. Cause it, you know, I guess maybe you could argue, and I think you would in like a modern context. Well, uh, you know, Hogan got the, um, he got the stuff in his eye, uh, and all that, right. From the, uh, Japanese photographer, also from the Island of Samoa right there, right. That they got there. And then Lex Luger had to not beat him at SummerSlam. And I guess you could argue in a similar convoluted way that eventually, you know, Hogan couldn't take the title from Yoko, so Brett could. But go through Conrad's whole thing with, with Pritchard from years and years ago, and it's the funniest thing. So basically what he finally got Bruce to admit is Hogan politicked his way into basically just um, saying, hey, we got a European tour coming up, and I need to headline that as champion. Never mind the fact Hogan was not on any European tours until like the end of, of the summer. Uh, where he was not presented as champion. He was, in fact, exiting the company. It was complete BS. Complete and total Hogan-level BS. But the main event has changed. Main event the next year, and we won't spend a ton of time on this because we're not actually going to break down every WrestleMania, but that actually leads to a thread to the very next year at WrestleMania 10, which has the two great matches, right, at this show. You got the opener of Owen and Brett, and you've got the ladder match. That's the right, Harvey Whippleman. Was the was the uh, photographer, the Japanese photographer from the island of Samoa? Um, WrestleMania ten, it's got the double main event right with the Lex thing. That is kind of what they're trying to do here. Maybe even more so than thirty. I don't think thirty is a great analogy. I think WWE is using thirty. I still don't think thirty is the great analogy. Uh, Razor Backlund wasn't so bad. The Tatanka Shawn match was the best. Tatanka Shawn's good. Um, I have some appreciation actually for the weirdness of like Giant Gonzalez and Undertaker too. It's a terrible match, but like it's it is in that sort of Vince way of this was a spectacle. I have gone back and watched it more times than it ever deserves. That WrestleMania looks cool. Like I love the look of it. I love the daytime stuff. But it it's almost like there's almost an analogy to that WrestleMania, right? Like um, you're especially in that era of like the '90s, you're or the late '80s, 
you're an outdated um you're an outdated act um so you uh, are you talking about the uh the things he stole the the sashes from there zach whenever you're you're no longer as good as you used to be but you can still make a little bit of an audience right you go play vegas and that's what wwe did um back when uh when the feds were on them you go back though you know wrestlemania 10 the company your your post trial uh the feds also did their good job of finding a way to do everything they could to not convict vince by still uh while still going um, all in but that main event again gets in because that's more that's the analogous to like roman reigns from 2016 they they wanted him but they didn't go all the way at SummerSlam. They had a win by countout. And then by that point, that was legitimately like the people were into, were into Brett more so than Luger, but it's also the case. It's not like they were keeping on restarting and really restarting and restarting Luger. It wasn't that long thereafter that Luger was done with the company and in WCW. So maybe they, they never really saw Brett as the guy, but they, he's Brett. I think the better analogy for Brett is always going to be like someone like Seth. Um, yeah, and I, I think too, Sean, that that's kind of the difference between like always between the guys like like Roman and Batista, even at like their kind of worst, are still like better than like Lex to to me in my in my opinion. Um Luger does not agree. Luger Luger, I don't think ever thought he had really any flaws. And it's it's unfortunate that like you know, people who worked with him like in WCW and stuff like that they uh oh, thanks zach i think uh he didn't from what you heard like he didn't realize what a jerk he was to like after he was older you know that he really he also rubbed people the wrong way like backstage too uh yeah <laughs> that's because he had that metal in his forearm man that's what that that's what that was for what was the what was the initial name that bobby heenan like the weird that was like the first instance of like vince tortured language it was narcissistic but the way the way they had they added like an extra syllable uh, and hopefully he shows up if he goes into the hall of fame, hopefully he doesn't just send a video narcissist. Yeah. And, and the way Bobby Heenan said it, like, I mean, how about that? Bobby Heenan couldn't get the charisma right out of him. Sad, uh, sad, really WrestleMania 11. That's a celebrity main event. The, the company is in complete, uh, pre fall at that time. WrestleMania 12, if I recall, uh, fairly clean, right? You've got the uh, the Iron Man match, but WrestleMania 12 is in the context of everyone leaving. From there, though, like you you have obviously WrestleMania 13. Sid, I agree uh, with what uh, I haven't noticed that Sean. I want to see that, but I when people have people have dogged that main event about being a uh, like kind of a a weird uh, like celebrity main event. It's like I don't. I, to me, that's not a celebrity main event. And I don't, I think they presented Lawrence Taylor very well. Yes. Lawrence Taylor could not like work a match, but he was like better than Mongo. And Mongo was like more of a trained wrestler. Like uh, the way they did like the tackles and all that. So now they say the LT was gassed at the end of that thing. I absolutely believe that. But I, I think LT more than acquitted for us. It's just, that was the first time really outside of, outside of the Sid match, right? Which, which again had, uh, had, had Hogan still involved with it where it's like, you really didn't, have, I mean, you had Bigelow. In your main event. Like Bigelow was the other guy. I feel like at a more modern WrestleMania or more recent WrestleMania, that would be kind of the um like a feature match, right? Kind of like in the Ronda Rousey spot from a couple years ago. Sid, I think Sid Taker was terrible, Sean. I disagree with that. I think Sid Taker is them doing these little slams and kicking each other and going in circles. Uh that's the rumor, right? 
That is the rumor. That's the rumor about the face on the tombstone. Again, if softball Sid also do, did that, I hope that's the case. I really do. Uh, not that I want, especially in the context of everything else we talked about last week, not that I want someone to poop on the Undertaker. It's just funny that that story is um, actually, I think everyone involved has denied uh, that story, but you know what, Zach, that uh, that comment definitely deserves. <laughs> uh, WrestleMania 13, though, there's one match on there that everyone knows about, but I, I want to say that main event was one of those that you know, kind of up and down, right? You had that big fatal four-way going. That that would have some of the analogies of this year, but really, WrestleMania 14, people have, have made the analogy of, okay, is Rock, you know, and that's the point I was getting to earlier that I kind of lost lost one of my threads I lost on uh, the Stephen Larson show. They were, you know, saying, like, they made the analogy to Mike Tyson, WrestleMania 14. I remember at the time not really being a wrestling fan, but kind of being in the notes right about, about the time I started coming online and uh, just thinking it was the bald guy versus Mike Tyson. Like that's that was the WrestleMania uh main event. WrestleMania 14 is an amazing main show, but you're in you're in the heart of the attitude there. You're not doing these weird main events necessarily. Uh that's a lie. That's a lie. WrestleMania 15, you have you have convoluted in that build. You have rock mankind going back and forth. To me, when I look back at all those stories, though, that's just classic Shawn Michaels politics. That's click politics, trying to just keep down a Brett guy in the rock, in my opinion. Uh the Austin Michaels rivalry was really fun. That match too, Sean is much better than Steve Austin or Sean Michaels remembers it. That match, it's not a classic, and I think Austin, like Austin Michaels in a in a big time main event, um, would have been like legendary. But I don't think um uh, it was it was insane. Butterbeam knocking Bart Gundam. That's the moment. So I I think I think fifteen is funny for for a lot of reasons because you've got some of the images out of 15 is like, so Mick Foley, he like referees the main event because he won by disqualification in against the big show who also gets involved in the main event, big nasty Paul white, who for some reason blew his chance against Steve Austin on a random raw. Yeah. And then I think boss man got hung by edge and Christian and the undertaker. Bargun getting knocked out is the best part. There's a hardcore battle. It's that's the next year, but everyone has said it. We don't even, it's the it's the greatest attitude era episode of Raw of all time. That's exactly what it, it's even like. It's it's a, they're, they're, they hadn't realized they were big yet. I feel like even though the company is just so dang hot, they're almost too dang hot that WrestleMania doesn't start out. WrestleMania 2000 convoluted as hell build as well to the point you got four redacteds in every corner. Right, Sable, Sable versus Tori is. I heard out of the Attitude Era podcast. I can't take this take where they look like Tori looked like she was underwater and no one told her she had to wrestle. <laughs> Sable was super over um, at that point. I mean, shout out to Tori. Right, was Tori part of one of the uh, the only single match, or was it, it was the cat? Right, was it Tori the only singles match on the 2000 WrestleMania card? You think WWE does a lot of multi-person matches now? Holy hell. Let's see. What was it? The Terry versus the cat. Yeah, it was Terry versus the cat. At least Val Venus in a cat fight, of course. But there's no singles matches. And part of that really comes down to the main event. Because they could. This is 2000. 
is the early stages of that later on that Vince indecisiveness that I think is, is the beginning of it where they just didn't want to go with rock and triple H for whatever reason. And they couldn't get Austin there. Right. They couldn't get him there until a month later at backlash. So they basically kind of, it seems like in my opinion, they've always just been put off the WrestleMania main event. The, if you, the backlash main event, if you look at like the WrestleMania 2001, they have to, they had to put in the, um, they had, to, they had to weave in all of that stuff, right? You you, you got to weave in um, all that stuff. You weave in the retirement, the the Paul White stuff where he kind of actually run the Royal Rumble. Rock even atoned for it. You all right, he told him. Everyone told the Rock when he when saying he big footing Cody. You know, you all right. All that stuff, that stuff, that convoluted stuff, kind of like my long winded point there, could have been like a backlash match. I think you could have flipped. Those two main events, you know, with Austin, that Austin pop is huge. Poor Austin, you know, couldn't no stunners, no nothing. He's got the he's got the belly going. He's just whacking the hell out of people, which he's just giving CTE all over the place. Austin's just you know just spreading the CTE um, around. That was so stupid. Looking back at it, like you know, Mick, Mick talked about his retirements later on. Like oh, the, it's funny because I I wish he would have had. I don't need to have him having a death match, Mick. We need you alive. We don't need you having. A death match. But honestly, I wish he could have had that one match with Ambrose. Mm, Might have killed the shield thing, but like that would have way for Ambrose as this hardcore wrestler to come into mainstream wrestling. Um, that would have been great. But the Foley retirements were bad since the beginning. He could have retired at the Royal Rumble. It would have been perfect. And he said it in his book. That would have been the perfect. He had he had no heart going into the Hell, Hell in a Cell match was great. Hell in a Cell match was great with Triple H. But it was ultimately on it. But I get it. That, that would be a good way to end that chapter. As Foley generally was the guy that you had to beat before the main event. That was kind of his role in that era. He did not need to be. And then it's like he goes to a death match and all this stuff with Triple H. And then it's like, you know, he takes a pedigree and it's over. Uh, so and then the, the lift, he, he talked about that lift he had when he hurt himself on that table because he was out of shape because he wasn't planning on beating a match. I love the way he lays it out in his book, too, that he was thinking in his head. Like, I'm retired. It could come down to a court of law. And what if they could, like, say you have to wrestle this uh, by contract? Like, that was something you said. In a, I think I love, first, I love that Mick thought about that to that attention to detail that he was taking the retirement uh, that seriously. But uh, he kept coming back and he kept, but at least at that point, though, he still was under contract. Um, later on, he kind of kept back. I think he was chasing some stuff. And he's talking about it in his later books, too, that just like, the economy in 08 and all that really kind of kicked his ass. So he needs some money as, as we all do. Um, so do we over here? So go ahead and hit us up on Patreon or, you know what? Just provide us some free love. Go ahead and hit subscribe. We love that. WrestleMania 17. We won't spend too much time on it. That's a convoluted WrestleMania for everything that's going on backstage. Cause you know, they just purchased a whole other company uh, and like everything was going on. That WrestleMania event event was never, ever going to be anything other than rock and Austin though. I, I want to say. I think WrestleMania 18 was complicated, obviously, by the induction of the NWO guys. That's supposed to be Triple H's WrestleMania. I believe, right, Triple H versus Austin was penciled in at one point uh, for that. With Austin, as the, I think the Austin Hill run was kind of supposed to end with that, with Triple H taking it. Obviously, the injury messed things up. The heel turn not going with the purchasing of WCW. But now it's like, now we have Rock as a political player. And I think that's that's an interesting part to sort of think about where we are currently uh, contextually with him because Rock got kind of big-footed in that match. Although, like, 
there's never been any real standard reporting other than like rumor and innuendo, <clears throat> excuse me, as Bruce would, uh, uh, would say, <laughs> uh, probably. I think, I think they would show him that, that way, you know, cause I know like they had, they had the kids like wrestling with, uh, with Rhonda before their match and stuff like that and like roll it around. So I think they, I kind of think they would Zach. Um, so the WrestleMania, like they got the match right at WrestleMania with rock and Hogan. It's supposed to be rock and Austin. Uh, everyone had very legitimate points in that. I always feel like, cause everyone, I, I, again, I still think it was a case of Austin never gets credit for like, Austin walked out of the company because he didn't want to lose. Nobody blames him for not wanting to lose on free TV. Okay. But Austin did walk out of the company because he refused to lose. Like that was, uh, that was the final shot. Austin never lost to anyone. Austin put, Austin wouldn't lose to triple H in the summer, in the summer main event. Now you say maybe they wanted a baby face to win that, but Austin like could barely walk. And you know, the reports were at the time, at least that he put over Foley, he wouldn't put over, you know, he put over triple H, but that was even had to be negotiated through, through a triple H. And he only lost to The Rock in his last match. Now, again, I don't think like it, he was this huge selfish guy. Although he didn't want to work with Billy Gunn, wouldn't work with Jeff Jarrett. I'm not saying this to slander Steve Austin. I'm just saying he's the top guy, just like anyone else. Where Rock was always viewed as the one that had to put um, everyone over. Well, if there's any place that Rock might have learned the politicking, it might have been in that match. Now, that match had it's my personal favorite match of all time. I always say that. It's, I'm looking at the poster right now. It's Rock versus Hogan. That to me, that's that's the best match of all time. But what I like about pro wrestling, not necessarily from a move standpoint, but it's just awesome. It's crowd. It's everything. Something they might be able to replicate, or maybe they're trying to replicate at this WrestleMania. But that's the thing where you know you wonder after the fact how much of that did Hogan take advantage of? Uh, because they pretty much like Rock just ended up improvising. They knew he was going to get booed a little bit, but every account of that match and Hogan even gave him the credit. Rock knew that I'm okay. I'm the heel. I need to turn into the heel. You saw this happen with with Cena. Um, I don't disagree. I don't agree with you, Sean. And let me tell you why. And Sean is saying that Rock Hogan was pretty cool. I had been way better with Steve Austin. I believe I agree with you as far as star power in pro wrestling. Yes. Rock versus Hogan. That's still the biggest match that's never been done. Um, I just don't think though that the match, I think Austin was kind of right. I don't think the match would have been very good. Austin was working that like super post neck surgery style. He did not have those sports entertainment things to kind of do the thing with the rock. And I think it would have been like, like the rock did. And let's be honest with you, that crowd split wouldn't have been 50, 50. I mean, it would have been 50, 50. It would have actually been what Jim Ross was saying on commentary. In, if you watch, watch back WrestleMania 18, um, it is, uh, it is 80, 20 rock and Hogan by the end of the match, but they don't hate rock. That's the thing. That's, that's the nuance on that people miss people like even in the Cena matches that, that were Cena kind of would play that same role money in the bank, uh, one night stand WrestleMania 28 when Cena was clearly kind of playing the hill. Um, those fans hated him. The fans didn't hate the rock in that building. Hogan was just their guy. Uh, so Zach, who's more of a deal? There's a poll question. Who can we, who can we talk about from WrestleMania? 20? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's star power, star power. Rock, I don't. Rock's huge in O two, but I actually think O one he would have been like Rock. Like again, Austin Hogan makes sense in O one. That's the only match to do. But like 
Rock's almost a bigger star. He's more of a wrestling star, and he's kind of transitioning to Hollywood, so he's just sort of on the shelf. Everyone, everyone was a little cool, though, if you remember. Everyone's just a little cool in early O2. Jericho's champ, Triple H's. The comeback is great, and then it falls flat. And like I said, Austin is... Uh, I mean, Austin, he walks out shortly. Austin's just tired. Austin's just flat-out tired um, in that era. WrestleMania 19's, as, as you mentioned in the comment, good uh, good WrestleMania. A little bit of a, of a lo-fi WrestleMania um, in a lot of ways. A lot of people have it as their favorite. I don't. I've watched it a lot of times. Uh, that Hogan Vinch match sure ages in all kinds of ways right now. But that main event, again, that seemed pretty... The only thing that could have jeopardized that main event was the health of Kurt Angle, which uh, was a serious question, like a week or two weeks going into it, right? They were they were moving um, who he we did not speak of. Shout out to Eric Santa Maria from back in the day. Weren't they, weren't they kind of... Because Benoit had those great matches... Uh, Elite with Benoit had the great match with Angle leading into the Rumble, and they were kind of keeping Benoit just around, right? In case he had to step in, uh, and, and and again for a whole lot of other reasons, but we can't really talk about it as much. That, what a hell of a main event that might have been. Um, but then yeah, Brock almost tried to kill himself. Uh, and based on recent, never mind, never mind. I was gonna, we'll we'll get blocked on YouTube. I can't see that. And then Brock landed on his head. I still want to believe like what Ric Flair said though that it's if it's basically anyone other than Brock that person dies. And just Brock's like ridiculous neck muscles that kept him alive. How stupid was that though? I mean, I get the idea of it. If I mean, is it Johnny Ace that suggested it? Johnny Ace, Brock Lesnar, Vince Man, whole thing right here. WrestleMania 20. Let's let and the awkwardness of WrestleMania 20. Main evented by Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and some guy. That's an example, I think, of them not believing in the star power. Now, storyline-wise, they kind of made it like this issue between me and Sean, it is that close to being over and it could only end right here. Uh, I met, we went on to like hell in a cell, uh, uh, some months later. So it couldn't just end. That match is great though, but I, I, I'm against it as a triple threat. Uh, redacted did win the title, but when redacted won the title, it's not the pop that people, it's not. So I don't think, yeah, Daniel gets a great pop at WrestleMania 30, but eventually the fans get into it. They're also a little worn out from the Taker reaction. It's a good, it's a good pop. It's a respectful pop, but like, I feel like the Benoit thing took off a little bit, like the month after. But the, I mean, the ratings never took the Benoit thing. Just never really took off as champion. Eddie, to me, I know Eddie drove himself crazy, crazy over the ratings, but Eddie was just. I I, I felt like they pushed they pushed Benoit harder. They put Benoit in those Iron Man matches on Raw. They did all that, but I feel like. Eddie was always the Eddie the fan. Eddie was the fan's real choice out of the two. They respected Benoit. Um, they love Benoit, but I I don't think it was it, it was quite this a great match. I do think the backlash match in this case was the better match, but it's you're splitting hairs though between those two matches. Uh, twenty one is I don't know why Sean WrestleMania went Hollywood that year. Why are you blanking on that? That is, in my opinion, the last great story WWE ever told, like naturally. Um, they've done bigger matches since then, but it's all this meta crap. Anytime, even this, right? Anytime they do big match, it's always kind of that meta stuff. They they got a million pay-per-view buys by telling a classic wrestling storyline. The only way that ties into this one, though, is in that it had to make the choice, right? And that's sort of the, the who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And that's the story. You knew it was one of those things. Like In that case, JBL was kind of Seth, right? JBL was in the Seth role, and he's kind of like... um you know, pick me, but I'm, I'm the lesser one. And then Cena ends up taking it over there, but, you, and, but they worked it into storylines. You remember what triple H was saying, you need to take this to SmackDown. 
you go to, you know, take this to SmackDown, Evolution will take over. You could see like a blood. They could have rerun that with the bloodline if like Jay were to win the Rumble and they could do, I know he's not currently in the bloodline, but you could see something like that. Um, We'll put a pin in our going through all the WrestleManias at 23. We'll pick it up maybe next week as we sort of do just a wrestle, like our very sloppy WrestleMania uh, review. Angle Sean is amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. I, I rewatched it fairly recently. All their matches are good, but that one is uh, is really good. And to me, that that didn't start the era of like the great Shawn Michaels matches because some of his matches in 04 are great. But like Shawn starts slowing down a little bit in 05 with like frequency. Like he does that match and then he goes heel. And then he's not exactly, you wouldn't call him part-time, but he's treated like a slightly more special attraction from like 06 to 2010. He's on the show most weeks, but like he has these really, like all his matches just kind of turn into epic. And I feel like that is the point where it's just like, Almost like now it was like the Kenny Omega with the best bout machine, and then uh, and then you put those two guys into it. Guys, we've been going for over an hour and a half. The chat has stayed active the entire time, and our viewers have stayed. I thank you. I thank you very much. This old throat of mine, though, it's getting a little scratchy. I'm going to log off here in a minute. Randy losing to Taker because he tried to tombstone the Taker. Let's bring that up there. Taker, Randy. That first one to WrestleMania, that's a very, very underrated match. Um, that wrestle, so the, the criticism if we want to talk about those early 20s WrestleMania, because that's what we're ending off on, and we'll, we'll hit the next 20 next week. Um, I, I remember they used to say WrestleMania 20 has terrible undercard and two great main events, and WrestleMania 21 is a bunch of bad, uh, as two kind of lame main event matches. And some really good undercard. I don't think Aki Bono and Big Show qualifies as that, but some of that other stuff, some of that other stuff definitely does. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. So it's good. It's good to like know that some of you guys like didn't forget me. And I'll kind of as I wrap up there and, and give you guys some final thoughts for the evening. Um, I went through a lot in the last few months, and that's that's about as much as I'll say. I had to move. Had to, if you know if you follow any of my other work, all that output has been slow to the extent that I've uh uh that I've been doing stuff. It's been on other people's, other people's podcasts simply as a matter of like time and logistics. Like I'm doing okay. It's just like when you're moving stuff, you got, you got some stuff going on, uh, like studio, you can say like my green screen's kind of keen out right there. I'm not in the old place. Um, but we're working on that and, uh, and we're trying to get it going. And like tonight's episode guy, right guys, probably not typical of what this show is going to be like. I have, I have this planned out to be a little bit more of a different, this is more of a traditional like live stream format, but there is no real format. You guys, you guys in the chat, Zach and Sean, and Asan, all you guys, Adam, you guys help me produce this show. So I hope we can develop a little bit of a community on Thursday. I know some of you guys are, some of you guys are on the East Coast. It's late. It's 1140 over there. I don't know how you guys live over there. Um, I'm a West Coast guy. I'm not exactly on the West Coast, but I'm, I, I feel that. But hey. If you guys heard me on the post shows, you guys would be calling. You guys would be sending the emails. You guys would be tweeting. You got the Twitter right there. Let me let me hide that just for a second. A Twitter or X. Uh, I'm not very active on there, but to the extent that I have any followers or know anyone on there, it's through pro wrestling. It's a lot of you guys. So I need to get that back going because I am back in the pro wrestling space. And what a fun time it is to be back. Guys, Zach, Sean, everyone else in the chat. Thanks for the contributions. Go ahead and check out all of our stuff with Brass Ring Media. Go ahead, hit up the Substack. Go ahead, subscribe on YouTube. Get us on Patreon. Like, it's a really good value on Patreon. There's tons of content. This is really, this is the service. 
get all the good stuff on Patreon. Or if anything else, just give us a listen and tell your friends about it. I will see you guys later. Peace. Just kidding. Where's the button? Right there, Sean. There's your hint. I can't find my mouse cursor. Thanks, Sean. This is the awkward part. Okay. Bye for real now. Later, guys.